Jowson, sweetie, please drop that beat to start the show. The Romantic Truth Podcast extends a loving and warm welcome to listeners in celebration of our sixth year of the show. We wish you a promising 2024. Please be advised that due to the language, subject matter, and topics of the show, adults 18 years of age and older are highly recommended for this content. Uninterrupted and commercial-free listening. Now, since all of that is over, I would like to take this opportunity and introduce you to the host of Romantic Truth, Jaosan in Las Vegas. Hi everyone, Johnson with you here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas, keeping it real. Now, a lot of people write in, they ask, uh, well, how did you get so much knowledge about dating? Relationships. Well, the only way you're going to get is through baptism by fire, being out there. And I was out there 30 plus years. And as I told you before, I immersed myself into the lifestyle. So it wasn't something where I was desperately looking for someone, looking for Mrs. Wright and all of that crap. I was looking to have a good time. And that's what it was, a good time. Meeting women, going on trips, having fun, having sex. It was great. Now, were there moments I regretted? Sure. And there were moments that I enjoyed as well. And the good outweighed the bad. But here's the thing. The one thing I really liked about that whole situation was that it was like a laboratory to learn. And one thing I learned on the way, you have to treat people as individuals and not as a box store, one size fits all. Because you'll find that (laughs) many of those approaches They don't really suit everybody. A lot of people like to go more like uh, on that premise because they have a certain style, a certain stick that they use. And they think it works with everybody. That is the biggest mistake a person can make. That's the reason why I titled this, Knowing What You Don't Know About Relationships. I almost fell down that rabbit hole myself. Because after dating a few older women over the years, I thought I had it down. And I said, okay, this is all I gotta do. Gotta hit this milestone, hit that milestone, hit this one, hit that one, and I'd be in. Well, it worked on a couple of women. And then what I started to realize, wait a minute, these women are not as simple as they said they were in a barbershop some of the antidotes, some of the things that these guys were saying that worked for them, realized it was all bullshit. And so you had to face it on an individual basis. There were women that I tried to impress by buying a whole bunch of shit. They'd just look at me like I was stupid. And there were others that expected me to buy the whole barn before they would even say hello. And what I had to learn how to do was to measure my approach according to the situation. You learn how to comport yourself. Because sometimes you get caught up in 
a certain mindset because things have worked a certain way for you. You feel as though it has to work the same way every time. You know, it's like playing football. You run a play because you see that they have a weakness in their defense. You keep using offensive plays until they shore it up, right? Well, the same thing happens when it comes to relationships. Now, there's no crystal ball to know the experience of a person and what their aptitude is when it comes down to a relationship. There are some people that are very good, very good when it comes down to relationships. I've run across many of them. Considerate, communicative, thoughtful, understanding, and honest. And by that same token, I've met people that lacked all of those qualities. But, thought they had things on lockdown. A lot of times what people will do, they will try to overlay what they started with in a past relationship with the new. And then they may realize that, okay, well, what I used to get into the last relationship didn't quite work this time. And I'm not talking about the facade of, you know, and trying to impress the person. I'm talking about some of the quality things. Because sometimes you can actually um, have the best intentions of having a good relationship, but you may be going too fast with things. You may be going too slow. You may not pick up on cues. And what you'll do sometimes is try to force what you think things should be and the way they should work onto that partner. You will meet major resistance with this, especially you guys trying to do this with women. Because she may not say anything, but she may show her disdain. Others will just tell you up front. And there are others that just say, hey, you know what? I can do better than this. Now, one thing to keep in mind, there are some women that are going to allow you to correct yourself if you make a mistake in a relationship early on. But here's what she's not going to expect. You to make that chronic mistake over and over. And most women will not accept that. Some women err on the side of fairness and they may give you three attempts. And it's usually like this. The first attempt, she'll warn you. The second attempt, she will try to help you. The third attempt, you're on your own and you're done. That is how they use the three and out. So take for instance, you may do something that's off color, something that's not appropriate with her. And she warns you about that. She makes herself abundantly clear. That's offensive, that's not acceptable. She still has an interest in you. And in many cases, fellas, she is actually pulling for you. She's hoping that you're successful because if she's still there and she's still engaged with you as far as uh, communicating with you, there is an interest there. And she's hoping 
on her side that you'll get it. She's hoping that you don't blow it. And she's hoping that her perception and her judgment was correct in going out with you, being with you in a relationship going forward. However, if it happens a second time, she more than likely is going to treat you like a student needing a tutor. And she's going to rehash what she told you the first time. And she's going to have some standards, rules, boundaries, guidelines for you the second time. Third offense, you're more than likely out. She's not going to hang around. So, this may begin as early as you going out on your first date. She's observing your mannerisms. And if she has to correct you, it's going to depend on a few things. The age of the woman and the experience of the woman. If she's a woman in her mid-30s to mid-40s, she should not have to correct you on some fundamental things. And if she does have to, she's about to tell you something like, well, I'm not going to be raising another child. When you hear something like that, she's going to you at an extreme measure by comparing you to a child so that you will respond and correct the action or do better whatever that infraction is. Now, if you choose not to, she's probably going to only give you that one chance and she's gone. A younger woman may be a little bit more tolerant of it. But as women age and get the experience under their belt, they're less tolerant. Now, even some of the things that I share with you about my past experiences, mainly with older women that I dated in the past. The one thing that I could tell you is this. I had to learn to approach each woman differently because her situation was unique. And when you start dealing with women that are a little bit older than their 20s, where they have made some divine decisions in their lives, they have the confidence going, they have a sense of self, you have to accept them as they are. Now, they may bend a bit on compromises, but only expect at max 25% of them, of the person, to compromise. That other 75% is hers. That is where she is not going to budge. Those are going to be her standards, her hard boundaries. Those are going to be her morals. Those are going to be the things, her values, the things she would live and die by. So now, don't take that 25% she's giving you for granted. It could be up to 25%, but doesn't have to be. It could be lower. Because her tolerance is going to be lower for nonsense, for foolishness, for lies, for you trying to improvise when you really just need to come clean with her and tell her the truth. Now, there are some women who don't want to face the truth and run into those as well. And these are the women who 
many men will fluff. They will lie to them. They will deceive them. The whole perception is just as long as I put a smile on her face at all, that's all that matters. Do I have to spend a couple of days with her? Okay, that's cool. Do I have to buy her something? That's cool. Do I have to show her that I have this uh, superficial interest in her? That's cool. And the lower she makes that mark for the guy, the longer he could exist in that situation. And this is how a lot of women will drag out bad relationships and not even realize it. Because what he's doing is he's being just adequate enough. What's the biggest fear of people in relationships? Inadequacy. So what the guy is going to do, and women do it to the men, they're going to try to make themselves as adequate as possible. But if they know if the standards and the boundaries and everything else associated with her are a little bit lower, they're not going to put forth their best effort. They're going to do just enough in order to not raise the fuss. Now, I will give you an example of what happened with me with a mature woman one time that I dated. And I talk about her a lot, the lady that was in Newport Beach. We were going through a situation where she was going through a traumatic thing as far as her health. And she was trying to decouple. She had cancer. And she wouldn't tell me exactly what was going on at first. She talked around it. And I was under the false impression that she had found someone else because she started becoming very aloof. Uh, the conversation centered around anything that deflected from us talking about being together. And so I was under the impression that, hey, you know, maybe I screwed up somewhere. This is something I did. Trying to figure it out. And she was crying a lot. And then she finally told me later on. It was a tough deal, to, something to deal with. But I felt guilty in that I went down that rabbit hole of thinking that she was probably seeing someone else. Didn't accuse her of anything, but it was the questions I asked. And the way I asked them, I said, if you're seeing someone else, you know, we could break up and blah, 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 blah. And she was offended because she was down with me, but I didn't know it because what was I accustomed to? Being treated like other women used to treat me at times. When they were looking for that status to climb up that ladder and they wanted to kind of let the guy go so she can reach for something else. And that's what I was expecting. What I wasn't expecting was to become very close to her daughter. I think her daughter was 26 at the time, 25, 26. And her daughter was the person that explained to me that, hey, what my mom can't say to you 
is that she's dying. And she wants to not be in a relationship when she goes because she feels as though she couldn't finish something she started. And that was something that she was very big about because she was very ambitious. In the beginning stages of our relationship, I had no idea what she was dealing with. We were going out dancing almost every night. We were going to dinner. We were just having fun, just like we were a young couple. Didn't know. Had no clue. And her daughter explained to me why she couldn't go out like she used to, why she couldn't have the fun we used to have. And it was, it was a sad, sad time. And I felt guilty in the way that I approached her, in a way of damn near in my mind, thinking that I was going to accuse her of doing something else. This is the reason why I say, know what you don't know in a relationship, and it's okay to not know. It's okay to learn and find out. We do it all the time. And I used to kick myself. Damn, I should have known that. I should have picked up on that clue. Well, hell, I wasn't a fucking encyclopedia. And I had to realize I have to learn. And there's some things you won't be knowledgeable of. The one lady that I went on the first date with, and she kept pretty quiet the whole time. I thought I'd done something or said something wrong. And she told me at the end of the date, I reminded her too much of her ex. I looked like him. I wore his same cologne. And she asked me, I hope you understand. I was like, damn. Never been dumped like that before. Could I have done anything differently? No. So I had to learn not to kick myself. But see, sometimes we go out and we have coached ourselves and worked on ourselves so much that we're kind of like, okay, if this happens, I got this. If that happens, I got this. But the factor is you don't know who you're dealing with. That's the reason why I tell you guys, listen to the women. A woman, when she's comfortable, will tell you everything you need to know. Because at that point, she doesn't feel as though she has to watch her tongue. She doesn't feel as though she's going to be scrutinized or judged. past relationships, I made it abundantly clear with every woman I dated. If there's something you need to say or a feeling you need to share, let's do it in real time. Don't sit around and look out the window and say nothing's wrong. Talk to me. I never forget there was another time I went out with this one lady that was out at, uh, we went to this 
French, it was like a French uh, motif type restaurant. It was on Santa Monica Boulevard. And we were sitting there eating dinner. And she was smiling and we were laughing about certain things, talking about certain things. And we were going to go on this foodie tour because what we wanted to do, there were certain restaurants we wanted to go and hit up. And that's what we kind of patterned our dating practices after. And by the way, our first date was at a pizza parlor. And at this restaurant, she was sitting there. Then all of a sudden, she just broke down in tears. And she took the napkin, wiping her eyes, and she was just crying. I didn't know what was going on. I thought it was something that I did and said. This woman had just lost her mother a week prior. And during the time, I hadn't lost my mother yet. So in a way, I couldn't empathize with it, but I could because I had lost my father. And she apologized, said, you know what, Let, let's, if you don't mind, let's just end the date right now because I'm still kind of fragile. All right. I took her home, walked her to the door, and she apologized, gave me a kiss. I got back home about maybe three or four hours later, she gives me a call and she's apologizing. And she says, I don't think I'm ready for a relationship because I'm still hurt. She was very close to her mom. I understood. But here's what I had to do. I had to keep my mind from wandering to say, okay, she's just doing this shit in order to get away from me. Why? Because I was exposed to that many times over in my younger years. And you have to learn. So, what does this mean? You approach them openly. They may not be ready for a relationship. They may go through the throes of, you know, making all these plans and have all these grandiose ideas. And many times what it is to do is to mask pain and trauma. But you can't really criticize them for that. I know a lot of guys do. Oh man, you saw if I was going here. No, mm -mm. it's not worth it. Those efforts could be better spent on another woman that was ready for a relationship. Now, what was some of the sequential foundations I used to use? I would tell them that I'm looking for someone that would potentially be serious for a relationship if it were to evolve or develop. But I let them know on the surface, I'm not really looking for one, but if one does evolve, then we can go from there. What I wanted to convey to them was the reassurance that, hey, if we click, I'm down. But if it's a situation where we both may not be feeling each other at some point, no harm, no foul. 
because many times over, a lot of the women were not ready for a relationship. And they didn't have that pressure of one being put on them. So you want to get the understanding up front as to where and what type of relationship you're going to have. There's a lady I used to date by the name of Sheila. She told me straight up, I'm a party girl. She says, um, I'll let you know on the spots that we can go to where, hey, you know, you get the best bang for your buck. We go out, we have a good time, but I can't be your girlfriend. Hmm. Why not? I'm not ready for that. I said, you're still chasing your dreams. She said, yeah, you can say that. I said, well, I don't have a problem with that. Because at least you gave me some clarity as to where you're going. So what that did for me, that dropped down my emotional involvement with her. And I thank her for it. Because there's some women that won't do that, they'll lead your ass on, and then before you know it, You've been boo-booed the fool. Time's over. So with that in mind, I had a better appreciation of her. And a lot more respect. We're friends to this very day, and she never married. And true to her word, she was a party girl. Even when I was dating Monica, She'd call me up, I want to meet your new girlfriend. Okay. Monica met her and Monica liked her. There's no beef, no problem. Let's see, even if you think you know your partner, you don't. There's certain aspects of your partner that you may not know for the rest of your life. You do good if you learn about 60% of them. Because there'll be a lot of things that they're going to keep in the shadows, just like you do with some of the things that you may have experienced. And I'm not talking about bad things. They could be good things. But you may not want to be braggadocious. You look at people like Cat Williams. Helped people when they were down and the person didn't know where the help was going to come from. He had a comedian, one not a comedian, but uh, one guy, he was a rapper. Got out of prison. Didn't have any money. Cat dropped him 15 grand. Never asked for any notoriety. Aretha Franklin used to pay people's bills. And they never knew how they were paid. It wasn't about the glam, it wasn't about the notoriety or the status. It was actually about helping people. But a lot of people never knew. That's the way it works. I dated a lady and never had, well, hell, I could even go back as far as Monica. 
when I was dating her. She was giving money to the Negro College Fund. Never knew it. Till I saw it. And she was writing checks. Things she was doing that I had no clue of. She didn't have anybody black in her family. And she had been doing it before she met me. And that was the first black guy she ever dated. Had no clue. You never know. You never know. And you learn something new about your partner each day you're with them. And that's one of the most amazing things. Because half the time, you're trying to learn them and they're trying to learn you. And another thing too, if you ever get into a relationship where the person doesn't want to hear anything about you or your past, but they're only interested in telling you about theirs, Ladies, you already know this because this is in your rule book. If you start talking too much about himself, you've already shut down and you're ready to leave. This is the reason why a lot of guys that try too hard lose out on the woman. Because she's sitting there and she's like, oh God, do I have to sit here and listen to another one of these guys just blow hot air? Because they've heard it before. Women love it when you ask them questions. Because at that point, they can express themselves, especially if they've been in repressive relationships in the past. We're going to talk more in just a moment. Janice out of Tucson, Arizona writes the following. I wish you would change the rating on your show from explicit. I would love for my teenage son to listen to your show. I'm sure you have your reasons for that. And would you please share with me why? You may also podcast this for your audience. Janice, Tucson, Arizona. And she sent a photo. Janice, you are a cute T. Wow. Wow. That's a good looking woman. Hell, I might make you my screensaver. <laughs> well, I appreciate that, Janice. Uh, the reason why is because kids are already exposed to too much now. You look at what the uh, platforms like Facebook, Instagram, and many of the others are having to do now with all these parental safeguards. The least I can do is put up some sort of warning because some of the subject matter we talk about on this show is for adults. And usually if you look at the demographics of the show, the people are usually 35 and older that listen to the show. The 18 to 35 demo, 
they like the sensationalism. They like the controversy and the back and forth. That's the reason why a lot of them go to these other podcasts and they listen in because they like the drama. That's not this show. We may have some drama with some of the ladies that are putting together projects when they want to go and do things, but for the most part, the show is pretty calm. As some people said, boring. Okay, well that's their opinion, and they can float with it, but it's not going to change because I knew the demographic that I was going for when I first conceived the whole thing six years ago. It's worked out pretty well for me, and apparently it worked out for the listeners because they were responding. So there you go. So I hope I answered your question, Janice. Now, when it comes down to getting to know your partner, the more comfortable they are, the more they're going to share, and then it will get to a point where. They may share an opinion that may not be popular with you, and you'd have to ask yourself, "Okay, how am I going to accept and redress it?" Now, here's the thing: you have to understand when it comes down to a person sharing their feelings, you're accepting those; you're not tolerating. If you're in a relationship, because this is something they believe in, this is something that's a part of them, and a lot of times it's based on the framework of their values, their boundaries, and their convictions.、It、comes with the territory. It's up to them to change their perspective, and sometimes they may have this fixed opinion. Because they haven't heard your perspective on something, that may make them probably look at it from a different angle. It all depends on how fixed the person is in their position, and you're not trying to manipulate or persuade. But if they can see the causation for your actions, see they only see the results. But if you explain to them the causation, then they can connect the dots, and they'll see, and vice versa, with them. But ladies, when you shut down and go silent, we know that's a protest as men, and what it does, many times, it sends a man into many different directions when that happens. And one of the questions that men ask themselves: Okay, if she's not sharing with me, who is she sharing with? Is it with her girlfriends? Is it with her family? Is it with a coworker? Is it with someone else? And here's the sad truth: Some women in relationships trust their friends, coworker, and family over you, her man, because she feels as though she cannot. Freely and openly express herself, and sometimes she may share something with you about you that is really true, and it might hit a trigger. 
It's happened to me. Plenty of times. One time in particular. I never forget. Monica was looking at this expensive ass watch and ring set. And I'm thinking to myself, what's behind that glass is about more than I ever make in my lifetime work. And she's trying to make a decision as to whether or not it would look good on her finger. And she said, honey, we're gonna get a matching ring set. And I objected. I looked at the price of that damn ring for the man. And I told her, I said, you know, with that ring, if you were to give me that money, well, half of it would go to taxes. But I can see it utilized in a better way. If you're going to spend that kind of money. And that's what she told me. She says, you're worth a wealthy woman. You're going to have to put some of those characteristics of that survivalist mindset aside. Now I felt some kind of way about that because it was like a classist statement. At first I started to get offended, but I said, wait a minute. She chose me. I didn't think that I'd measure up to her standards. This is her life and her lifestyle. I didn't cop an attitude or anything. She went on and brought the ring sets, brought the watch. And the sad thing about it, I could see she felt guilty. Because when we were driving back, she said, I'm sorry. And she started wiping the tears. And what it came down to, she never dated a man that didn't have resources. She never dated a man that wasn't wealthy. And she had never dated a man that was not looking at trying to get as much money from her as possible. So there was a level of appreciation that she never really, even though I had the woman, using approaches that I usually would apply to myself and the kind of women that I would date who would kind of already not even look at something like that because they never made that kind of money. I was in that mindset and trying to apply it to her. And that's when I had to come with the understanding that, hey, you're actually right in this. Now, one pet peeve of women is when a man, when he's wrong, doesn't admit he's wrong. Fellas, that is one of the best incentives for a woman to lose confidence and trust in you. 
that guy that she feels as though she can trust, you know that word honesty I was talking about? See, women apply that very heavily to men, more so than we apply it to them. And once they see Okay, he's not gonna sit here and be arrogant. He's gonna admit when he's made a mistake. He's gonna admit when he came up short. He's gonna own it, he's accountable. That's my man. What that does, it gives him more confidence in trusting you. You're trying to be right all the time, never wrong. That's when she shuts down. That's when the sarcasm really starts. That's when you had a back and forth. There is no book that's going to tell you how to deal with every situation in a relationship. Years ago, there was a lady by the name of Ann Landers. They had a column, and she used to address people's situations in dating. There was a guy by the name of Paul Harvey, and he used to have Paul Harvey comments. He was a very logical guy. Talked about current events, current affairs. And he really used to give his two cents on things, it's a little humor. And sometimes you really have to think things through as you experience them. Because we painted everything with the same brush, we're gonna always paint over some of the things that are very important. You know, it's like going to one of these car places where they'll paint your car for $99. And you get your car back, yeah, it's painted. So are your windshields, so is your uh, headlights, so are your door handles. You want a green car? Yeah, you got that. So it depends on How are you gonna have it together? But your approach to a relationship is very important. Coming in as a know-it-all is the worst. I tell all of you, I'm no guru, I'm no dating coach, I'm no philosopher. I'm just a guy. Just like the rest of you. Not necessarily a guy, but you got women out there. But what I'm saying is, I'm just a human being. This is the reason why, even if somebody will classify themselves as a life coach, and how the fuck can you be a life coach? You don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next of your life. And there could be some experiences that you never had any experience with. And how can you coach something that you never had an experience with? The only thing you could do is just survive it at best and then learn from it. Because that's what life is. 
It would be nice if each of us are born and we're given this book. And through this book, as we turn the pages, it would tell us everything that's going to happen in our lives day by day. It doesn't. And what I found also, a lot of people that are dealing with trauma, that's the first thing many of them will do. Try to help other people when they're still in the process of trying to help themselves. When I was going to school, a lot of people wanted to get that psychology degree. Social science degree, sociology. Oh, why are you going into IT? All those credits, you realize you're going to be out. That's okay. I've already addressed the things I need to work on. And will continue to work on. Emotionally, psychologically, and all the rest. And many of them were doing it for other causes find out about themselves. No matter how complete we may think we are, in the eyes of some, we're not even started on being complete. And in others, we may be the finished product. But you only need to focus on how you perceive yourself, because that will resonate with others as to how they see you. It takes time to figure yourself out and to figure others. You know, it's kind of funny sometimes um, when I meet people and they'll say, well, you know, um, how would you react to this? Or how would you do this? And I'd always give them in my humble opinion, I'd think about it a bit, and then I would give my opinion on it. I said it was just me in that situation, but being that it's you in it, you may see a different perspective because you're closer to it. You know the details about it, and it's affecting your life more than it affects mine. So you have something to lose in the decision that's made. I don't. That's what I convey to the listeners that write in and leave messages. A lot of them don't have anyone to talk to, no one to share some of the things that they're contending with, or they're too embarrassed to bring it in front of the family or to bring it in front of friends. There was one lady that contacted me and she said she was afraid to go to a therapist because the people in her family would start labeling her as crazy. And I told her, you more than likely will need to go to a therapist after some of the things she had gone through and has not had a chance to manage our duty. And we can look at countries that don't have one. And what are they doing usually most of the time? They have a band of rebels they're dealing with. They want to topple their governments. We kind of realize in the West that that probably wouldn't be a way to go.
Let me give you another example. The Russian lady I told you about that I dated. And I'm up there looking, trying to help this woman find a job. She wasn't interested in a job. She was interested in opening a business. She had a drive. She appreciated my efforts. But she says, oh, no. I didn't come to America to work for someone else. And what that did, it flicked on a light. Because I said to myself, damn, she comes to this country with virtually nothing. Clothes on her back, a few dollars in her pocket. And she's not going to accept. But most of us accept at face value. Getting a job, working your ass off for 20, 30 years. And here's what got me. I went to the mall one day, holding hands. And she says, you know something? You Americans are very wasteful. I said, well, yeah, we throw away a lot of food and stuff like that. She says, not only that, where she was from, they didn't have a dishwasher. They didn't have a clothes dryer. And she lived in Moscow. And she used to crack me up because uh, I would eat cereal. And she would say, such a waste. I was like, what do you mean? We don't eat cereal, but it's a waste. Culture shock. But we had differences. And she went on to be a very successful person in real estate. I'm proud of her to this day. And I was not going to step in her way when it came down to her success. And she offered me opportunities. She was like, oh, you can work for me. Oh, no, that's okay. I'm cool. I'm headed to broadcasting, IT, and then international business. So I've got my path already laid out. coping skills are very important when it comes to relationships. Some people don't like to develop them. My way or the highway. And you find those people usually alone a lot. Very opinionated. Inflexible. Less tolerant of other views. Now, here's one thing I would say. If a person has a facts, fact-based knowledge, I can see the level of intolerance when it comes to nonsense and foolishness. That's valid. It's when they try to take their feelings and make them reality. And 
those feelings don't manifest themselves in anything that's logical or makes sense. Someone accusing you of cheating, they don't have any evidence whatsoever. They're just going by something they believe. And you haven't cheated. And you've gone through this, that, and the third to prove to them that you haven't cheated, but they still think you did. You can't fix that. No matter how legitimate you are. I met one lady. She told me straight up. We can't be in a relationship. You men cheat. Wow, that's a blanket statement if I heard it. But that was based on her experience of the past. So what was she doing? Treating every man that she came across as being a cheater. Trauma has a way of affecting a person's color of judgment. Where they may just use that as a way of insulating themselves by saying, okay, if one did it, all of them do it. Somebody that was traumatized by maybe an altercation they've had with a person of a different race, ethnicity, or background. That person then paints all of them the same way because of that one traumatic experience. And then they become intolerant when they find someone that has a different view that they may be interested in for a relationship. Some of you have written in and asked, why won't I date a Trump supporter? You have a degree of blind allegiance, and that's very dangerous. And unfortunately, people who think that way with blind allegiance think that everyone else, even in opposition, have a blind allegiance to someone else or something else. And you get the people that say, oh, you must be for Biden, you must be for Obama, you must be for... I'm for myself first, fuck everybody else. If you have to go and find validation in someone else that doesn't give a damn about you that you never met, someone you don't know, you got problems at home, in your bed, under the sheets, it's called you that's laying his head on the pillow. But people are driven a lot by their feelings. And they live in them. And sometimes you find it very difficult when it comes down to having a relationship with someone. And they may not even have a valid stance in life. The next new shiny metal object takes them another direction, down another rabbit hole. During the 80s, I can't tell you how many women I ran into with these multi-level marketing schemes. 
they wanted to make all this money. And they had a business cards printed up. Executive Vice President of Marketing or Sales. And they'd be driving a car with duct tape on the bumper. Have two baby seats in the car. Fast food wrappers in the back seat. They wouldn't be doing so well. But something like that gave them the self-esteem to keep going, the motivation to keep going. Then a lot of years later when those MLMs were shut down for different reasons. There they were, looking for another one to cling on to, to keep that identity rolling. Living vicariously through things. The most difficult person you will ever encounter in your life. The only thing you have to do is go to the bathroom and look in the mirror. You are that person. We all are. Because we learn things about ourselves as we go through life. And some of us admit when we're wrong, when we're wrong. And some of us pat ourselves on the back when we're right. And then there are others that don't see themselves in that light. And they feel as though they have to follow someone else in order to feel like they're on the right, right track in life. And sometimes they follow the wrong people. Sometimes they follow people that can benefit them and others that can be a detriment. Your selection and choice of a partner is vital at this point. We'll continue in just a moment. Now to conclude, one thing that's vital to a lot of people, the seeking of status. Pretty much a man-made construct. We are the ones that give things value. And with that value, we associate success. And with that success, associate being recognized, admired, based on that premise. The initial value starts with you. You're priceless. But some of you perceive yourselves as being worthless. And you can't do that. Because if you do, you will always seek value in other things and other people. And you will always not want to look at yourself 
and see what you're actually worth as a person. You know when a person turns down a job and other people will say, are you crazy? You turned out that kind of money. The person probably knows what their value is. And usually the person that's going to say, you turned down that money. It's probably going to be the person that really doesn't value themselves that much. Because they know they can do better and they can do more. I never forget, I was negotiating a salary one time. And at that time, making $54,000, $55,000 was a pretty good salary back then. And the guy made the offer of $35,000 a year. And I laughed at him and I said, how much do you make? And he looked at me and he said, what kind of question is that? I said, well, you wouldn't work for 35,000, would you? He says, yeah, but... I said, well, I looked at the job. I looked at the job description and the salary range. And I equate my experience, expertise, with the requirements of your job to the letter. I did it in the cover letter and I did it in the resume check the references and everything else. So why shouldn't I make the top salary there? He looked and didn't have an answer. So I thought for sure I'd blown the interview. So oh well, we go on. Two days later, I got a call back. And he says, well, Monday is orientation. Make sure you're there. They will try to lowball you. But you gotta stand firm. Look at Lamar Jackson. What was it $265 million paid for the Ravens? Well, he had lowball offers prior to that, I'm sure. But it's about the value. But the value starts with you, not with them, not with what somebody else assesses. But you want to have it within reason. And I hate to tell you ladies, sometimes you're not putting yourselves in reason. We're asking for a six-star restaurant or a five-star restaurant and you're unproven. And this is the reason why these guys will go and try to uh, slip out on you. Now many of you uh, heard the audio from the lady who ate the 48 oysters and made it look as if the guy was the bad guy because he paid for his drink. But the date was initially set up for drinks. She's the one that loves seafood. Now, if I was in his position, I would have chosen a venue where no food was served at all, or maybe 
they had some small entrees or something. If it was just your first date to meet that person. Personally, like I always tell you, coffee shop, ice cream, products up. And that's the reason why she got left with the bill. Now, it wasn't really justified. It was unethical in a way. I wouldn't have taken her there in the first place. That would have probably been a second or third date. But the way she was slurping those oysters, there's no way in the hell I'd have been with that woman. That's me personally. But, you never know. Again, you don't know on the first date you may go meet this person and things may just flow smoothly and you're thinking you're having a second date and then she may text you and say, I don't think we have chemistry. Fellas, never pursue a woman that tells you that after she's kind of faked it like she was really into the date. Don't even try to pursue it. Because what this tells you is she can't be honest with you to your face. Why would you want someone like that in your life? I've had women to tell me straight up, you know what? I don't think we have any chemistry. I said, I don't think so either. Why don't we just go ahead and eat the meal? And we go our separate ways. Deal. But yet over the phone, oh, she was all sexy and talking about what she liked and how many vibrators she had and all this other shit. That was because when we met face to face, she was embarrassed about the stuff she revealed. And that was her way of pulling back. And you run across that two guys. Or she'd be very provocative over the phone and very gun shy upon meeting you. Embarrassed. Because in some cases it may not be her natural approach. She may have been so lonely that she wanted to be with someone and express those feelings. But when she meets you, she may say, well, you know what? He knows too much. Let me start over with someone that doesn't know as much as he does. And then I can slow walk the relationship. And the very same lady that told me that we didn't have any chemistry was the very one that was calling me up telling me she wanted phone sex. Nope, ain't gonna happen. Biggest waste of fucking time ever. If you watch that movie on Griselda on Netflix, it's Sophia Vergara. They have a scene where the guy is locked up in confinement. And he's talking to the DA's assistant. And the woman's in her office masturbating to this guy on the phone. And the DA walks in upon her doing so, which compromised that witness. 
and that woman was married. Things are not going so well at home. Now, another thing that I've always told you about that you'll run into are women who are in relationships or married. And they want to have that emotional affair with the guy that's not her husband. But they dare not go as far as acting on it. But she could see herself with him. And he's filling in the blanks that the husband's not because she's tried talking to her husband. He's not listening. I didn't want to hear it. And so this guy is spending the quality time with her that she wants. Maybe they're going to the park, maybe they're eating lunch together during, at work. Maybe they're having drinks after work together. And she has to constantly remind herself that she's under contract in a marriage. And the only thing that's keeping her away from jumping this guy's bones is that. One thing that you'll commonly run into over the internet, especially on these dating sites, are women in bad relationships or who are married, men too. And what they're looking for is someone that can be the game changer in their lives. They will try to avoid the ownership of their marriage in many cases. Because they look at that as a liability or a setback or a reason for that person not to want to be with them. And so with that said, they will perceive it as a situation from the standpoint of, we don't need to talk about my situation at home. I remember seeing co-workers that would take off their wedding bands when they come to work. They didn't want to be reminded. <laughs> it all depended on the person and where they were emotionally. And one thing you want to always humble yourself with by not knowing is and I've seen this happen a lot I saw a lot of guys blow, blow dates with this shit when a woman starts to speak and the guy just interrupts her and takes over as if he knows what she's getting ready to say next hear her out don't abbreviate her conversation let her talk as I told you before Sometimes people will tell on themselves. Why do you think I always tell you your first meeting with the person should be at a coffee shop or somewhere? And it should only be for about 90 minutes. Why so? Because usually after 90 minutes, you're going to say something that you didn't intend to reveal. Because you get so comfortable with the person you may reveal something that you're not ready to reveal yet. Now, here's the thing. 
I'm not talking about something that's an X factor. An X factor, as I told you before, is something that will bring immediate threat to a person that they should know about before they go out with you, or an immediate concern, lying about a disability that you may have for meeting them. Something such as lying about a situation with a restraining order, lying about your marital status. These are all things that can impact that person at that point. Lying about being married, not being married to me. Who knows? Your husband may have followed you there. Your wife may have followed you there, fellas. You don't know. Restraining orders. Hell, crazy ex-boyfriend, crazy ex-girlfriend could follow you. But at least letting the other party know they know whether, whether or not they need to make a decision as to whether to meet you or not. But you're trying to be in good graces, so you omit that, right? And then if that person's exposed to any collateral damage from it, <laughs> you're gonna be able to fix that. So you really have to watch yourselves, especially now with these litigious times. You have to watch yourself. You have to even watch how you talk about women. Look at what happened with Donald Trump recently. Five million dollars on one lawsuit. And today it was 83.3 million. On the next one. So there's a lot of things you have to watch. <clears throat> That's the reason why I tell you. If she disses you or you can't get along, just leave. And I know a lot of you guys are saying, oh man, you're too passive. It's best to be that way when the deck is stacked against you. It's a no-win situation. The situation I was reading about, I think it was in Boston, where the woman had slapped the man and the man punched the woman. He took the man to jail because he did more damage to her than she did. Because he's like, well, you know, uh, she was woman enough to hit me and I was man enough to hit her back. Well, in theory, the mouth might sound logical. In reality, he was bigger than she was. The deck is still stacked against you fellas. So, keep your hands to yourself. Don't need to throw your hands on the woman. Just walk away. And ladies, let him walk away. Save your insults for later for somebody else. If you told him you're not interested, he'll walk away. I will never forget 
something I saw. <laughs> I shouldn't do that. It was at the Century Club in LA one time. There were these two Caucasian women that came in. They were kind of thick set, about five, six, but kind of thick. And they're standing there. And as you know, Century Club had a mix of people, the majority of them African American, playing hip hop music and so forth. And the guy asked the lady to dance. And there was this white guy that was standing on one side. And I was standing on the other with a drink. And the one lady said, well, no, we're not here to dance. And he says, oh, so you're looking for a relationship or something to that effect, he said, because it was loud. And she said, no, well, we, you know, we never dated black guys before. We don't, we don't date black guys. And the white guy on the other side heard that. And he said, well, why the hell are you here then? And they looked at him. They looked at the guy that asked the woman if she wanted to dance. Asked her why she was there. He was introducing himself. He turned around and walked out. The black guy and the white guy, they threw up a high five. And what happens sometimes, people may think that they're going to get the royal treatment because they're different, because they stand out, because they think they're special. In most environments, you're going to be treated the same as the environment. You're going to look like the drapes in any other home, like the carpet in any other home. But I guess they were under the impression that they were going to be put on this pedestal. Again, it's our perception is key. You don't have to hold yourself up so high and mighty. You can just be who you are. Let other people build you up. You don't have to do it yourself. Look at what Trump did. These people are putting him on a throne. Half the time, what is he talking about? The people he does not like. Half the time, he's talking about what? promises that he's going to make that he doesn't even have to keep. And as he does so, these people are elevating him higher and higher and higher. Again, I don't blame Donald J. Trump for being Donald J. Trump. <laughs> That's who he is. It's the people. And what this shows you is that when you have a sense of confidence in yourself, other people will do the work for you as far as elevating you. When you have to elevate yourself, yeah, that's when it can be dangerous.
I'll never forget this guy got in an argument with a lady one time at Zelda's out in Palm Desert. And she called it broke. And the guy's like, I make $175,000 a year. I go to the car and get my bank statement. Everybody was laughing at him because he thought he had to go to that extreme measure to get her to like him. Fellas, if she says no, she's not interested. There's no need of trying to prove yourself to her. Just let her go. She's not worth the effort. And what kind of relationship would you have with her anyway if you were to get a yes from her? You'd be doing all the work. She'd be making demands. You'd be setting yourself up for failure. You know, like people talk about religion, about, you know, you have to come and convert to a religion if you want to. We're not coming out there to get you to make you do that. That's the way it is with a woman when it comes down to a relationship. If she has to be convinced to be with you, <laughs> you can be doing that song and dance for your whole relationship. If, she, if she's coming to you as you are, that means whatever you're doing is working. Provided that you're not putting on some kind of facade, some kind of show, in order to try and impress her. You don't know how refreshing it was to be in a relationship with a woman that never talked about money, that never talked about what you did for a living, but only talked about the two of you, your expectations, your goals as a couple, learning about each other, where all of those external objects are faded in the background. It's a damn good feeling. That's the way I want to feel again. That's the reason why I'm so selective about the women that I would choose. Especially at this stage of my life. You can find anybody struggling. You can find anybody that's living beyond their means. It's not hard to do. They don't have to be rich. If they can pay their own bills and have a peace of mind, that's saying a lot. But you have some people that can't do that because they're still on that quest at 40, 50, 60, 70 years old. Trying to have that one moment in the sun of recognition, notoriety, and success. Well, it just may not happen, but you still gotta live. Because all of these 
are constructs of man. And sometimes you forget about the quality of life in lieu of the quantity of it. Having a whole bunch of things, and then you have no one to enjoy it with but people that are around you for their own means. And the worst thing in the world is for a person to be around you for what you could do for them and nothing else. And when I say this, I'm not talking about emotional fulfillment. I'm not talking about love. I'm talking about tangible gains only. Where you can outlive your usefulness very quickly. You lose the money, you lose the woman. And in some cases, the woman loses her beauty and shape, she loses the man. Very superficial. But these are things we abide by. Because after all, some of us want to keep up with the Joneses. Others of us want to have fulfillment in life. And there are some that feel as though they aren't deserving. And so they cheat themselves out of life by being so negative, passing up opportunities voluntarily with a qualifier as to the reason why they weren't going to try. And later on in life, they talk about what they could have, would have, should have done, but never even put forth any effort to do. So when you meet someone and you guys are engaged in a conversation and things are really going pretty well between the two of you, make some mental notes about some of the things that they may drop your way that may be of use to you to propel the relationship. It's just like fuel that will help it go forward. But just remember, as takeaways, you're listening for these gems that women will leave you. You're also listening to some of the things that may be a potential challenge that you would have to make an assessment on as to whether or not you can deal with it. But whatever you do, don't go in and over talk and be a know-it-all. Because when that happens, there's a good possibility she's going to shut down. And when she shuts down, She's in the process of starting making her decision if she hasn't already made it. And it may not be favorable for you. Approach every new partner as if you don't know them. And discover and learn. You'd be surprised 
I'm just sharing what worked for me. It may not work for you. You may have had success so far using the techniques you use. Good for you. But this is to let you know there are other options as well. Thank you, good folks, for listening. And I will talk to you on tomorrow. We at Romantic Truth appreciate your listenership. Listeners, you're invited to stream and listen to Jawson's music on Apple Music, Amazon Music, Spotify, Audio Mac, or Deezer. Type in J-A-U-S-A-N in the search for artists to follow and like modern instrumental music from his discography. The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those solely of the host and are not condoned or endorsed by Romantic Truth. Anchor or any of its affiliates. The advice given herein is the expressed opinion of the host and not to be used for legal, marital, or family, counseling, or for professional practice purposes. In the event for professional assistance, please contact the local licensed professional family counselor, marriage counselor, or social services professional in your region. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. Be advised that all of the background music of production not provided by Anchor is owned by James Adams and Jaws and One Music exclusively licensed for this Romantic Truth podcast under waiver. Please understand that there were no people or animals hurt in the segments of this show including plants. All sound effects were improvised in the studio setting with props. We are an equal opportunity employer with two Yorkie poodles and a rat terrier as the security detail. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.